0: welcome to the inevitable a podcast by motor trend
1: hello there and welcome to another episode of the inevitable my name is ed low i'm the head of editor at motor trend and this is motor trends podcast on the future of well everything to dealing with the car my co-host is as always johnny lieberman hi and today we have a very special guest. And we're in a special situation. Johnny and I recently went to the uh, Pebble Beach Concorde d'Elegance Monterey Car Week. And I came back with the gift that keeps on giving COVID. So we are isolating here. Uh, But while we were up at Monterey Car Week, we had a very special opportunity. Um, I spent months and months and months, probably over a year tracking down trying to get on the calendar of the head of Ford, the CEO, Jim Farley, um, who basically actually kind of put us on this journey, talking about mobility, a long time ago. And we managed to do it. We scored time with him at his private personal garage up in Monterey uh, with all of his beautiful cars that he keeps on the West Coast. And uh, we had a great hour-plus conversation Yeah, with it was him.
2: fun. We had we had a good time. And um, just to spoil the ending, the best part was he has a Cobra, uh Shelby Cobra that him and his son built, uh, 600 horsepower, 800 pound-feet of torque from a 600-cubic-inch engine, which has nothing to do with the Inevitable, but he forced Ed to drive it, and then I got to drive it, too. Um, right. But, this was, I mean... This
1: was, yeah, it was oh, amazing. It ah. was it was all about, you know, we were in there talking about the future of the company and EVs, and at the end, you know, you guys might have seen some of the pictures. We normally try to take pictures with our guests, you know, and he's like, <laughs> I was like, well, wow, we should take a picture in front of your Hennessy GT500 Mustang because that's, like, the most current vehicle you own. He's like, no, no, no. Take a picture next to the Cobra. Uh, and then he demanded that we drive it.
2: Yeah, but the but the point is, he he's not your typical CEO. Uh, he's he's right. he's a. And we've known this about Jim for a long time, back from his Scion days. He's a very intelligent person, a uh, very enthusiastic person. In fact, he he yep. won a race <laughs> at uh, Laguna Seca in another Cobra he owns uh, just before he came and talked to us. And uh, it's a pretty wide ranging conversation. We talk about the new Mustang GTD. We talk about splitting Ford up into three separate companies, we talk about autonomy, we talk about- Talked about
1: software-defined vehicles. Yeah. And for me personally, and again, this is just a little bit of a setup to the conversation, uh, Jim Farley pulled me aside three Pebble Beaches ago now, and kind of chewed my ear off, uh, (laughs) telling me that, you know, hey, you're a motor trend, you guys aren't even talking about all of the changes that are coming to not just evs but software-defined vehicles and all the millions of lines of code that are coming to all these vehicles these are important stories you should get after it so it's a little bit related to why johnny and i are here are is his advice um more of his his poking and, and prodding that we start covering some of this stuff um and uh because the world is changing and i think one of the biggest things we talk about um are things like you know Ford adopting Tesla's charging standard the yep. North American charging standard which is a big which is a yeah. big thing and yeah. we totally buried the lead here um <laughs> we managed to talk to the head of Ford the day after he announced the Mustang GTD Yeah. so That's, it literally came out Thursday. Thursday
2: street legal race car yeah
1: right it, this thing came out on Thursday we talked to him on Friday so the the as Johnny mentioned this this crazy homologation race car special and uh uh, if i
2: may there's a part in there where we talk about the size of the brakes uh both both myself and mr farley were wrong they're 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 16 and a half inch brakes i just want to get that out of the way but uh we should get to it because it really is a fun interview um and so ladies and gentlemen jim farley the ceo of ford motor company hey hey jim thank you so much (laughs)
1: For doing this, uh, I feel like uh, I've been trying to get you on to our podcast for a couple of years now, ever since you... Um, Announced your own podcast. Well, yeah. you, <laughs> you... Are we in competition?
2: No, but it was no. like, oh, this guy likes podcasts. Yeah. Um, you no, know. <laughs>
1: really, you blew, you blew my mind a couple of years ago here at Pebble, uh, talking about um, the coming software-defined vehicle um, changeover the sea change that's happening, and I've been like, yeah, i got to talk to Jim more about this, because you really sent me down a, a rabbit hole with that, and i got a lot of questions about that, but first... But before that... we are got to talk about <laughs> something you might have announced here uh, just uh, a couple days ago um, called or the... Or yesterday. The, yeah, the Ford Mustang... <laughs> well, depends how you... Depends <laughs> <that's> how you... say <laughs> logic. Right. Ford Mustang uh, GTD. Yeah. Well, uh, what is it?
0: So i was very much like a lot of car people influenced by the 911 rs in 73 mm. and that car was you know not like a supercar uh-huh. it was you know like a daytona at the time or some a mirror it was like a it was like a different kind of car and all the pieces worked together kind of magically and then i wa- and, and then i bought my first nice car new car 88 ford gt five liter and at the time you know the 5-liter Mustang wasn't that far behind like 911 and cars like that. Right. And then I watched those brands just build these GT cars. You know, the GT3 in the 90s. No one really saw them. They were in Europe. Then they started bringing them to the U.S., the 911R. And then they started building, you know, GT2 RS, GT3 RS, sure. GT4 RS. Sure. And, you know, Aston Martin got into it. and And Mercedes got into it. And I always felt like... You know The Shelby's and the Z06's never really were competition for that kind of 911 RS, lightweight, well balanced. Um, but now everything's gotten so much more powerful and bigger, uh, it's kind of been in- misinterpreted. Uh, when we decided to go big on racing with Mustang from Aussie supercars to NHRA to NASCAR to GT4, GT3, then the amateur stuff with Dark Horse and Dark Horse R. From you know, the D, yes, we wanted to. We wanted to get really serious with Mustang um, to go to Le Mans, and then as soon as I saw the Le Mans race car, I was like, "That makes no sense." This was like the first time Ford could do a GT3 RS competitor. Uh, with the right tech, transaxle, you know, um, tunable traction control, tunable ABS. We could even put DRS on the car, even though it's not legal yeah, <laughs> in racing. Yeah. Yeah. So we could even do stuff we don't do in racing. And maybe the road car could actually be just a faster race car um, in certain situations. Um, but we need to have the best tech. So, And we saw the competitors leave the segment. You know, a lot of our competitors just kind of left. And... At the same time, most people don't know this, especially Americans, that the Mustang is now the best-selling coupe in the world, and um, sports coupe in the world. Mm-hmm. And we outsell 911 in many places around the world, Australia. Sweden's really big with Mustang, yeah, yeah, a, lot yeah. of, a lot of places that you wouldn't expect. So it made sense for us to kind of take a right turn from all the Shelby's and everything we'd be done, doing um, and go after you know, the elite um, Europeans as an underdog. Hmm. And so that car is the concept of that car is really simple. It's not a homologation car. It's a race car with more tech than the race car for the street to compete in that two, three, four hundred thousand dollar GT class. Um, And it's not a collectible car, though some people probably will, you know, collect it. It's really kind of a
2: track road car that you can use. So how did it go down internally? When somebody, I mean, I assume you said, hey, let's mm-hmm. do this. Let's make a streetcar of this. Like, was that like, you're crazy. <laughs> like, that was uh, sort of our initial reaction. Like okay. they're doing a $300,000 Mustang? Like, yeah, on, you know? yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean,
0: uh, there are all sorts of things about being a CEO. So <laughs> like, um, I don't know if I hear the Boy, truth that's an understatement. <laughs> yeah, like, so I don't know if people are going to tell me like that's a sure, bad sure, idea. Sure. I hope they do. I think you know. I I always just uh, I really trust people that should be trusted. Okay. So when I when I when I answer that question, I look at Mark Rushbrook, head of Ford Performance, and I look at Larry Holt, the head of Multimatic. Larry's designed pretty much every cool race car and production car I know. And so I looked at Larry and I said, "Can we beat the the GT3 RS?" He's like, "Yeah, but it's gonna be a smoking hard problem." And I said, "Okay." And, um then I got the you know, and then the team started to get the memo so and, are you uh,
1: are you saying you saw the Lamar car and you and yeah. that's when you made the decision yeah. to make this yeah like that late in the yeah like so how many
0: months ago would this be oh no, not months uh we saw the simulation, <laughs> okay we saw the simulation like over two years ago
1: okay okay
0: and then all the- simulation, all the aero work. Huh. All of that stuff.
2: And when you say beat the GT3 RS, you mean, what do you mean by beat them? Beat them how?
0: Uh, it doesn't really matter. Like, um, however you guys evaluated GT3 RS. Okay. I mean, it'll okay. be on the ring. It'll, yeah, be, okay. it'll be your own tests. You guys, I mean, Motor Trend does these incredible sophisticated tests where you're, I mean, sometimes you do like straight then then solemn or then you'll go to a track and test it. Willow or button willow. Or you're going to, you'll find your own way to test it. But when you look at it, pound for pound, GT3 RS or GT3 versus us, same price, same different technical solution, very different technical solution. I think you're going to find it to be like, fully competitive in a lot of ways
1: better. Okay. What, what was the biggest... Um, I mean, you're the CEO, so I don't know. that It's a, it's a hard sell. It's a yeah. p- I probably should ch- ch- chat with the, the chief engineer of the project. Yeah. But what, what would be the... What's the most expensive thing you put in there in terms of like, oh my God, I can't, believe we, put, I can't believe we put I mean the, I I, the I would say there suspension. were two
0: Yeah, there were two big decisions on that car. The inboard, uh, you know, spool valve rear suspension. People okay. will freak out when they drive a car with a prototype inboard suspension on it. And actually you can see it from the front seat. just turn around and right. you'll see the suspension working. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so that's like some kind of you know, automotive show-off stuff. Okay. Um, And that was really hard to package because we never built a seventh generation to have an inboard. Suspension but like just that. Just so
2: everyone's listening, like I remember when the Aston Martin one seven seven came out, you know, seventy seven built million bucks mm-hmm. each. It had inboard pushrod, rod, bulk but yep. so it wasn't spool valve, it was just regular inboard, regular inboard, and then the uh, Lamborghini Aventador came out with that. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's exo- it's an exotic way it is to do a car. It's yes. formula okay. like yes. vehicle suspension. Normally like, prototype like, yeah.
0: race cars yep. and you know, the digital and it's perfect timing for, for that technology on this car. I say that's one and the other one's DRS. Like mm. uh, there were a lot, there was a lot of debate whether we want to put a DRS system because it's not required for racing. Um, you know, you have to set the downforce for the car for the whole race, right. right? And to have a DRS system, you know, where we get ten or fifteen more miles per hour top speed on straightaways was like a really big debate because there's no competitors that would require us to have that. Um, For those
1: listening at home, drag reduction system. Yeah. Um, Yeah, yeah. I I actually feel like I don't need to explain that because there's so many fans of Of uh, of driving to survive that they know DRS. What's cool
0: about our DRS system is it's on the front and the rear. It's not just on the rear. Oh, cool. Spoiler. There's a whole front slat system that works. That all, you know, it's fantastic. It really improves the aero. And so the balance of the car doesn't really change, even though you have a little low downforce. So I I would say those are the two big ones. There was a little debate in the early on in the car, whether we should do a V6 EcoBoost, because from an aero standpoint, we could put a little bit more aero in the car. Um and but weight the, right When's yeah the weight and it would the really help the weight, weight okay um, and, it's, and it, with VOP you know there's a lot of headroom more headroom if we put that balance of performance yeah sorry <laughs> uh and so we decided to uh we decide with the V8 right and, and is
2: is it's related to the Raptor R V8 yes okay so yes the five point yes. two Same liter supercharged trans. GT five hundred yeah
0: it's really like I guess so many people come up to me and say you know I I really like You know, really fast road cars. That Raptor R is the funnest car. I can drift it. It's got great brakes, 0 to 63 seconds. It's like super fast. And the damping makes it so soft. It's a great road trip truck. So that's the powertrain. It's bulletproof. We've tested
2: with the GT500. And you could do a lot of tune to it. So it's got up headroom. And the GT5, and I remember we had it in uh, it was our last best driver's car, I think. And uh, I remember, you know, it, the thing was legitimately chasing a Ferrari 488 yes. around, like, like on yes. its bumper. Yes. And it was like, you know, because I was oh, you know, and you know how groupthink gets on, on press launches. <laughs> but, like, it's too heavy. It's like, well, did you drive it? Oh, I loved it. But it's too heavy. I go, well... It's relative because, like, too heavy means that you're not enjoying it. Like, there's yeah. like you, can, you can just say the phrase too heavy. But so that's when I was like, all right, like, these, you know, these really can take this much power and do something with it. That's right. So, but now it's like another 100 another horsepower. Yeah, at least 300, at least 800. At least 800. Okay, okay. You then, know how our car companies right. work. At, at least 800. You guys are the masters. Yeah. At that. You guys have has patented the at least. <laughs> at <stuff>. least. <laughs> but then, so is it, I read it was 2,000 examples. Is is the, the about three hundred grand? Okay, and, that, and is that we, global or is that just U.S.? No global, it is. No, global. we
0: homologated global, right and left hand drive. Okay. Oh no! This is like you're going to see in a Lake Como. But how do you how do,
2: you, how, do you, how do you get like the 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 splitter past like European pedestrian safety? Ah, uh, sometimes we ship the car with without ah, it. Thank it's you. In okay. the yeah. trunk. Okay. okay. Uh, do you yeah. look and install it? Because mm-hmm. I was showing some British yeah. people uh, yeah. uh, last night. though like, yeah. and I I, go, it's, I think he said it was global. He, yeah. No, there's no way. Can't be done. I go.
1: Oh, he said. Swear. Okay. You might have spent some time in Europe. <laughs> um, tell me about the wing, though. Like, is that really necessary? Come on. course. Uh,
0: for sure, it's necessary. And actually, we we I, the wing was a big part of the identity because you'll notice it's you know the center of gravity for that wing is right over the rear axle, and most of our competitors don't have that. Their wing is attached like the boot or the rear deck lid. Right. Um, yeah, way behind. Yeah, we yeah, yeah, we yeah. didn't do that. So that wing location was very important for the performance of the vehicle
1: if you're playing at home if you google the image of the vehicle it's got this the, the the struts that support this enormous wing on the back penetrate the the body of the car and basically are hard mounted right to the top of your suspension Correct. of the rear subframe right and this Correct. is this is so that all the downforce is applied directly over the the one the four That's of it. the traction, two two of the four traction points on the, the vehicle. The important one, too. Yes. yes, the ones that are Wait, going And
2: with. then the brake, did I read this right? The 20-inch yes. front ceramic. How do you
0: get 20-inch? I was actually really <laughs> a little bit upset um, that I'm glad you mentioned that because I'm a little upset that all the, you know, intros, they like never, you know, ceramic. Carbon ceramic brakes, I'm like, they're
2: 20 inches. No, no, I'm in the de- back of the room going, <laughs> so, so
0: inches. I think the Lambo Urus has got like 17.2. I'm
2: numbers card, numbers wow, fetishes. I'm, I'm impressed. So, yes. yeah, so so 440 millimeters, 17.2 inches. And and for a long time, the Bentley Mulsanne was the largest front brake caliper in the world, 15 and a half inches. And yeah. then. You know, there was a sixteen. There was a game, and then yeah, it was the Urus and the and, yes. and the the Panamera and the and the Bentley. Uh, I lost
1: interest when they got bigger than the Miata wheels. I was yeah. like, come well, on, is hey, it, there's some. There are yeah. engineers right yeah. here going, this is "Ed not doesn't necessary. like having fun." Yeah,
2: um, But I read twenty. and I'm like, it's got to be a typo. It's got to be like no, it was five hundred it millimeters. And it's they, crazy. Yeah. It's How crazy. does that fit? Anything? What are the size of the front wheels? I don't know. They're big enough to take 20s. <laughs> and then I read 325
1: front. front? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The front it's looks four, like inches, four inches wider the, than uh, the standard. The front Mercedes looks Mercedes.
0: like the the rear the rear tires on my 427 Cobra. Yeah, yeah. And then
1: 345.
2: Yeah. So I'm trying to think like three, four, like a Chiron is is like a 355 rear maybe something like that. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a massive. It is massive. So that's that's yeah. So it's a pretty extreme vehicle. It is. Okay. People, okay. I, I, we had to
0: make. In fact, the body is wide enough that if it was a truck, we'd have to put the lights on top of the cab. <laughs>
2: oh, wait, so you don't, you don't have that? to. You don't have to do that? No, truck? no. no. Oh, we, that's we the were greatest loophole ever. ever. Yeah. Someone
0: oh. came up to us and they're like, "Oh, we got to put lights on the on the roof." I'm like, "What?" And then someone. Came in the room and said, no, 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 that's for trucks
2: only. Oh, yeah. this
1: is an Amazon. I'm going to do oh, it. We'll put that's it on Amazon. We'll, we'll <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's I, great. The last thing, though, because you know, I want to move on and talk about the EVs and the sound sure? yes Yes. Okay. <laughs> i, I got to ask you about the name, though. Come on. like we went When when you dropped the name, we all looked it up, and we're like, oh, I guess every other cool GT, yeah, I mean, GTA, GTB, GTC. We, we tried everything. You, you had a good one, too, that wasn't GT-related. What was mine? Oh, Mach 2. Yeah, Mach 2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mach is faster than Mach one. yeah,
0: true. Uh, but I think the mock I mean f- the Mach one Mach two that kind of fits into a certain predisposed sure, sure, definition sure. of what the car could be. Uh, look I, I, yeah the name uh, the name was uh, debated. Um, we pretty much looked at every cool race course and every part of every race course to see if there was a name we could pick that hadn't been used. Right. And we couldn't find Bentley on so of the cool names. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, we yeah. had some great ones, you know, Fairland. We had like some really cool names at Ford that we used the, the Mercury Cyclone, um, Cyclone Spoiler. We had some really cool aero names back in the day. At Ford, but um, we really thought it'd be best just to tie it to the IMSA class. Right, right,
1: okay. right, 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 All right. So I mean, it's a little
0: literal and, you know, but I think... I think what matters about the car is the tech and how it drives. Yeah. And yeah, the
2: name you know. usually comes along for the I ride. Although, you know, GT800's got a certain <laughs> ring to it. <laughs> I, like,
1: I, I, I was going to oh, say yeah. GTFO would be a good one, but, uh, you know, I'll let you it.
0: Well, yeah, uh, Joey Han said it looks badass, so <laughs> okay. that would fit into that. Yes, yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah.
2: Okay. Shifting gears. Shifting gears as as a little bit. Bad, bad, so, bad pun, bad yes. pun.
1: Um, I guess... I just want to get this one out of the way because it's it's amazing, and uh, I, I'm very curious. And this is a really hard pivot. Um, NACS. So yes. you guys made this. You kind of dropped the bomb on a lot of people mm-hmm. uh, by adopting um, Tesla's what was the it's the North American charging standard, but it's basically what Tesla's built over the last decade. Twelve thousand uh, superchargers. Uh, it's access to that. The hardware will come in 2025 across Ford's vehicles. January. January, okay. Mm-hmm. And, we're, sending
0: um, a new, we're sending an adapter to all Ford EV customers. Okay, and, cool. uh, I just bought one. And, and, <laughs> and uh, software that verifies it's a legal adapter. We don't want to hurt the supercharger network. Right. Okay. And there's a lot of illegal adapters you can buy over the I, internet. I
2: think I bought an illegal adapter. Yeah, yeah I did too. Off Instagram. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: So here's the thing. Literally a year ago, last year at Pebble Beach, I was, I sat across from you at the in Spanish Bay at the fire pits and we chatted uh with Elisa prittle and and you mentioned actually in the interview and I I, I I told my guys about it, like, hey, he just said this. You were you were you savaged um the CCS, the the SAE uh, charger. You're like, yeah. Yeah, you know, they break, they're they do. they're unreliable. They're garbage. They do. And you also yeah. complimented um Tesla's at yep. the time. You said, you know, these are these are amazing. Um I will assume that you had already made this decision to no No. oh sorry we had made the decision but they hadn't ah so then november of that year is when they changed the name Mm -hmm. so are you saying you got you had already been in contact and and working out that that hey if you if you open it up and you change it we'll we'll be how how does that go let me just yeah we uh,
0: about halfway to last year we we figure we we were we realized that we could be number two in the U.S. like ten times lower than Tesla, but number two in EV sales. We didn't expect that. And uh, Doug Fields had come from Doug Fields and Alan Clark had come from Tesla through you know Apple. Uh, in Doug's case, to Ford, and you know the story that's really not been written about the industry's transformation is just the talent. Uh, at the companies. Yeah. And, you know, what yeah. I find is that the talent who can do an electric architecture or the EV components and design a vehicle differently than our prejudice is actually just a few people. There's just a few of them. Mm-hmm. It's like the racing community. There's like Phil Remington. And there's only one Phil I'm Remington. Gl- I'm glad you said Phil Remington. <laughs> yeah. he's, a, he's a big hero of mine. So, oh, yeah, yeah, amazing. yeah. Amazing. So, yeah, yeah. there's, you know, Doug Fields is like a really special engineer, like an American you know, he designed the Segway. He was number one employee of Segway. He designed the gyro, the whole thing when he mm-hmm. was like in his 20s, right? Then he goes and designs MacBook and the OS and software at Apple. Then goes over to Tesla, designed the Model 3, which is a big pivot for them from S and X. Mm-hmm. fully software, updatable vehicle, super simple engineering. And and then he goes to Apple, comes back to Ford. So, as soon as Doug got here, we start saying, hey, this charging thing's amazing problem, massive problem. And as soon as last year, like halfway through last year, a little bit before I talked to you, it became pretty clear to us that they had a huge advantage. Like huge advantage. And it also became clear to us that our EV lineup is not going to be like others. It's a hundred percent conquest business for us. So when people see our second cycle EVs, they're gonna go, Wow, those those don't look anything like I expected from so, so a traditional we, car company. So uh, sorry. So yeah. when 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 we saw that, we were like, "But how cool would it be if we could join the Tesla supercharger network?" And then the Tesla customers would be asking our customers about their Ford.
2: Yeah,
0: and yeah, we're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. "Well, that's pretty cool." And then the IRA came ac- uh, along in the fall, and it was like Tesla could get money from the federal government to in- increase the supercharger network, and so. We had already been talking to them, but it kind of fell apart. As mm-hmm. soon as the IRA thing got uh, Inflation handled, Reduction Act. then I was like, well, what if, what if we could be the first of many and we change the standard? And then they could get support from the government to fund a supercharger network and we get access to it so every Ford customer or every Tesla customer who likes Ford vehicles didn't have to feel like they were going backwards. Right, um, And make a choice. And that's how it all came about. And I wound up texting Elon, who was like really gracious about it. Um, he was like, you know, th- we're on a mission here, Tesla. He wasn't, you know, I'm sure there was a lot of pressure on him internally to say, no, no, no. That's our, you know, that's one of the things that makes us different. But he was very gracious about it. And his head of technology is really practical person. And he saw the advantage of of them expanding. And we just then we became number two for sure. And we thought, look, if we did this, it would be good for our customers, good for Tesla. And um, I bet you the other car companies would have a decision
2: to make.
1: Do you well, want to side with customers,
2: or do you want to do your own thing?
1: There's so much you just said, but I yeah. think you wanted to say something. I got well, a bunch I, of well, I was just gonna say
2: two things. One is like, you know, within 30 days of, of you making that decision, yeah. for making that decision, uh, everyone has switched. Every, yeah. So the, with the, I mean, it's just crazy to me, like if you have an ev with ccs it sucks and yeah, it I, I own an ev with one yep. and it's it's always like the worst part of it is, it is. like it, it's just awkward it's huge. if you have a bag yep. of groceries like yep. i'm pretty strong i can't yep. do it um you know with one hand and uh it, you know so it, 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 it i mean, every car company in the world hated it and was just accepting it which is totally crazy good. Like yeah, like what else? Well, it's it's, <laughs> yeah. it's funny because what other things are we doing? <laughs> yeah. Because
1: when you when you we had the conversation last year, I w- in my head. I was like, here's the CEO of Ford complaining about the state of charge. I mean, is if there's anybody who could
2: <laughs> fix this, <laughs> would it be him? You told me that. I remember I saw you uh, later that night. You told me that. I said, funny. well, you know, SAE. And,
1: you can't fight the
2: SAE. Well, yeah.
1: <laughs> so, but but uh, so much to so much to, to, to well, talk I, about here. Real quick
2: though, I want to back up. I think the most i don't want to say important but what the what what you said was tesla chargers will be standing next to ford uh, uh yeah. sorry tesla customers next to Ford customers when i went to my first supercharger station back in 2012-13 what i observed was oh my god Here's a bunch of people that just spent a hundred thousand dollars on an untested product staring at each other and saying, You're smart too. Yeah. And I was like, This is this is what is so smart about Tesla. Yeah, everyone yeah. can make an electric car. Two motors, yeah. no, batteries, big deal. But like this was the innovation. Community. And I, I was yeah. shocked that nobody like, yes, we saw Mercedes say they're gonna do it. Um the Alliance Built was their announced own. Right. uh, you know, last, last two weeks ago, three weeks ago. But like and I know you said, you know, you realize, but, like, why does it take so long? How come I nobody know. else realized this? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. We, we have
0: a... I mean, I, I think it's just we have a prejudice. That's why we split right. the business at Ford. I had actually no choice. Um, Bill and I talked about it, and I said, you know, our first-generation EVs are great. I love the Mach-E, but, like, as far as making money, it's got, like, th- you know, the wiring harness is 70 pounds too heavy and it's 1.6 kilometers too long. The customer doesn't care how long it is. Uh, our braking system is not, you know, expensive enough. Hate to say it, because you could spend more on l- lighter weighting the wiring harness or a more sophisticated braking system for regen and you could take a $1,000 out of the battery. The battery changes the math completely on right. how a car is designed because right. you want to take as much of that battery out and to do that you have a lot of big budget to invest in light aero, more sophisticated light, you know, all sorts of things. Uh, and I knew, I saw my team struggling, and we didn't have time. Uh, Tesla went through our industry like a 300-kilometer-per-hour Shinkansen, and I'm like on one of those little, you know, western push carts. Right. right. I couldn't catch it. Right. right. And that, that prejudice is really deep in, in these companies. I see the first-gen products coming out from our competitors, first-gen, like, EV, you right. know, real ground-up EVs, and they're not competitive. Right. Right. And I knew I couldn't catch Tesla or beat them if I just kept asking my team, who were just amazing engineers, look at the Bronco, look at the GTD. Um, but, you know, it's a different thing. And they're new customers. You're a Conquest customer for
1: us. Right, So right, right.
0: anyways, the, we have to change our thinking. So that we, we explains, have to change our thinking. That explains great the, the uh, split
1: between uh, Ford Blue, Ford Blue Oval, yes. and Ford Model E. So yes. Blue Oval covers all the internal combust- combustion, yes. the nameplates you know, yes, and uh, uh, Ford Model E is going to be um, some of the. Some of the clever marketing is to make a Mustang as an EV, yes, and to make a Lightning an EV, but yes. that's the software-defined vehicles, so EVs, Correct. everything going forward. Correct. And then Ford Pro is the business side Correct. of it. Jim, right. could you exactly.
2: explain? Because I think a lot of people don't,
1: you know, there's a lot. Look, the, the amount of
2: you know fear, uncertainty, doubt in in the Fun. EV space is is just massive. But like. As a manufacturer, like what's sexy about making, uh, or you know, what's or maybe more profitable or easier or whatever about an EV than about a regular oh, okay. internal combustion? Because I always try to tell people, like, what Elon did was like he found a cheaper way to make cars once the price of the battery fell, and no one yeah. can hear that,
0: right? Uh, so I think what Tesla did on the EV market is the execution of the products kind of a marvel in itself. I don't want to like you know, um, make them into, you know, a deity or something. But on the other hand, they did something. First mover advantage. Yeah. They really re-engineered the vehicle differently. Look, for the consumer, there are a couple things that an EV, there's a reason why people like EVs. Um, Look, I started the business when when I was at Lexus, and we used to be able to take a three-liter V6, add a third of a liter displacement, and maybe two or three speeds on the transmission, throw a bunch of NVH at the car, maybe some nicer interiors and a better dealer experience, and the bill of material for that was five grand, and we charged ten grand more than a Camry. Right. And you know, BMW, Mercedes, all those kind of Lexus—they all made their money based on that arbitrage. And with an EV and a digital product, a mainstream brand like Ford or Tesla has low NVH, great acceleration. And it has great tech in the car, and so it's this transition is going to be very hard for those people who make money off that five grand. And, um, I I think, um, so the first thing is you get a lot of you get a different driving experience with very low NVH, great torque, uh, especially if you drive with one pedal, um, you get incredible reliability because the components. The internal combustion engine, which we all love, and transmission and rear axle, you move all that. That's all the stuff that uh, goes bad, and right. when it does, it's super expensive, and it's complicated. You remove all that. You, you make the car for 30% less labor content because you have you know, 30% less part, maybe even more over time. Um, the interior, because you can move the HVAC system into the trunk because the motors and everything can be put really low. Packaging-wise, you have a lot of space to put stuff in the front or the rear, but especially in the front, and you can relocate all the HVAC that goes in your dashboard, and you basically get an interior size above for the same exterior. Put the wheels on the, on the outer edge, which is a human truth, everyone loves larger wheels on the outer edge of the vehicle with low overhangs it's just
2: a natural kind of subconscious thing I mean I'm looking at uh, a Bentley and a Cobra that you know that's kind of how they're designed then go so
0: that's like a human truth yeah and you also um, not only get sophisticated you don't have to go to a gas station right which a lot of people especially a lot of younger people a lot of diverse customers don't like going to the gas station I like going to gas station but a lot of people don't yeah Um, and um normally the EVs come with better tech inside. The infotainment system's better, the connectivity's better. So now that only really works for a duty cycle or a driving cycle, you know, that fits an EV. If you're towing a fifth wheel in Montana, likes really bad solution. If you're towing anything, it's a bad solution today. Yeah. So I think for people who have a certain kind of duty cycle and a certain kind of garage. They may have one vehicle for long range if they go long range. you know, If you want a vehicle for just you know, 100, 200 mile daily driving and you like all those things, it's a better mousetrap. Right. Um, so okay. I think you shouldn't be scared of it. But you need to realize, though, that just like it did for the Model T versus a horse, when you go for a long distance for a vehicle that you know was designed differently you're going to have charging anxiety and there's going to be a period of adaption right and i think you know on my trip that i just did with my son for a a thousand miles i saw the tesla people they're all inside their car streaming because they're so used to doing this you know, that they, they don't overcharge. Right. You know, they don't go at an eighty percent or ninety percent if they only need sixty seven to make it home. They you know, they're inside being productive in their car. And the rest of us are over here trying to figure out what they already found out two years ago. Right. But we have like
2: slow speed chargers, some of them are broken. They're always they, broken. They
1: can't be reserved. You know. I want to I want to so, call yeah. that
2: out no, because I, I, also I want to talk about the road trip. Yeah. Go ahead, yeah.
1: yeah, Yeah, I want to call that out because you did something rather unique in the lead up to to coming up for Pearl yes. Beach, and I was watching you on Instagram and um, LinkedIn because you were you yep. were dual posting. You did a trip in a Lightning, and you were very honest about I think some yeah. of the struggles at yes. charging at the current yes. uh, the current sort of charging system that we have. I loved in, it, including he, 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 forty. You spent I think you said forty minutes. To get like 40% yes. of the battery? Which My son
0: was just ripping on me the whole time. <laughs> yeah. And he goes, Dad, there are three cars waiting for the three, 350 kilowatt charger over there. We just wait in line. I'm like, I'm not waiting in line. He's like, Dad, you're stupid. They're all going to be on there for 10 minutes. And in 40 minutes, you're going to get like 60% and he was right oh boy yeah. Uh, yeah no
2: i do the same thing look i'm I, you know we have a show about evs essentially oh, okay. i own an yeah. ev yep uh but i do a lot of stuff where i go to try and Is that charge your six out there no 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 i have, okay. a, I have a rivian okay um, but oh, okay. I, I i go to try and charge yes and it's just a nightmare Yeah. And I and I, everyone's like but you're the you like evs i go but i hate this yeah. experience. I was so happy yes. when you did this road trip. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, good, because it shows that you don't have to be like an evangelist at all times about everything. No. You can be honest. Totally. And we're, we're in the second inning of a nine-inning game. Yeah, the yeah.
0: first inning, uh, you know, enthusiasts like you. Second inning, we're going to different customers. You know, they're going to be mostly, you know, mainstream customers are going, what do I do here? Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, um, we're tripling... Lightning production from 50,000 to 150. We shut down the plant for two months and we're just a week away from going to one fifty. 150. One
2: 150,000
0: uh, 100, 100, a year. 150,000 150, a year. A year. Okay, okay. Yeah. We capacitized um, our Dearborn truck for 20,000. We doubled it, um, which we could do in the space. And then um, we just. You know, blew out the side of the building, and we spent the last six months rebuilding the building, actually, while we're building the vehicle, and we're tripling to go to 150,000. That is really large scale battery production, frankly. Huge. And it took a lot of years to prepare for the batteries. Um, and so I wanted to get on the road because, like, I want to meet salespeople, I want to meet our customers, and I want to know what's good and what's not. Personally, I can't just go to a finance meeting. Or go to a meeting and my team go, Mr. Farley, this is what we're gonna do. No, I think when you when you have to make big decisions like how what are we gonna do with hundred and fifty thousand units of capacity? Do we fill it? Do we cut production if the pricing is lower than we think? How important are these customers to us strategically? Mm, yeah. I can't find that out unless I get on the road and a cool a lot of cool things happen. You know, I did it with my son. And he's 15 great. and awesome. you know we yeah, got to yeah. he
1: you met the rock other you i met the rock <laughs> you went to galpin <laughs> yeah I, went to galpin.
2: I, actually I, bought a, I bought a ford from galpin you did yeah, they, those, those guys good. are amazing yeah, yeah i love
0: yeah. their museum so and yeah. if I went to Bakersfield. I went to the Boneyard in Mojave. Oh, yeah. Cool. Uh, to see
2: coolest. those airplanes. Yeah. That was wicked cool. I mean, if you like 747s, yes. no, nowhere better on Earth. Yeah. So,
1: we do all our our car of the year, truck of the year, ICV of the year testing out there. So that is yeah. an amazing all facility. Spaceport. Yes, Spaceport. Mojave, Spaceport. Space
2: yeah. Uh,
0: so,
1: you know, I mean, so, it's so, never bad to so, understand
0: your own country. That's,
1: you, a, just, a, that's a, actually a Kenchi Gunbutsu, right? Yep. Good go, luck. Yeah. Go, go and see go with and your see. eyes. Go and see yep. what's what, happening.
2: besides you know, chargers aren't where they need to be. What, what else did you learn on the EV? Road I learned through? that. I uh, <laughs> learned all sorts of kind of crazy things.
0: First of all, um, we have a fleet of like thirty Lightnings being used by uh, uh, Vertas that. Um, that maintains most of the uh, windmills in California. Mm-hmm. Huge company, by the way. Yeah. And, uh, I, and so Huge I went windmills. out there to ask uh, uh, the technicians, like, what do you like? And they're like, this thing is so freaking fast. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, the yeah, boss yeah, yeah. is like, it's too fast. Can you make it slower? And then they're like, but Mr. Far, they have to tell you, the cool thing about this truck and I expect them to say, like, you know, it's quiet or I feel good about what we're doing. He's like, the air conditioning is awesome. Ah,
2: that's something <laughs> and, I well, would
0: say. Yeah. yeah, which I didn't realize, <laughs> but, like, the air conditioning in a lightning because it, it fires up quicker. I didn't know that. Um, the I think the one pedal thing, like, I'm just surprised at how few people know about driving in one pedal, and the biggest thing I learned is that we are not prepared at the dealerships for all these questions. All right. oh, People interesting, don't interesting.
2: know; right. they don't know; they don't know. Right. and it's, it's funny. Oh, go ahead. Go yeah, ahead.
1: yeah. So I, just because I just, just want to get off NACS. Just the okay. one last question is, okay, and this is just, a, just I'm just I'm, I'm tossing the most beautiful softball. Okay, okay. <laughs> you you made this. Decision. I wrote a call about it. it. was the most blindingly obvious but brilliant yes. decision, right? Yes. Did you expect the rest of the industry to follow suit no, the way they did and so quickly?
0: Did- I, I I expected them to follow because it's a no-brainer, and they you never want to be on the wrong side of customers. Okay. And it's the right thing to do for customers, so I knew that, but I didn't know it would be so quick. So I have to give my competitors credit because they turned that around really quickly. And it was,
2: I mean, we're talking within, I feel like 30 days. Yeah. No, uh, GM, GM small company,
1: small (laughs) company might have heard of called General Motors. Yeah. They made the decision in two weeks. I mean, you spent months planning this, right? And then you you did all the math and all the math. We did the contract really fast, but like the
0: negotiation, like getting there and getting everyone and all the lawyers and everything good and all the details, because to be honest, they hadn't wired up like the adapter, the software for the adapter, the time frame, the co- is there gonna be any cost or not that wasn't in, in the end of the day. All that stuff took a little more time, but I was impressed, I really was. I was like, wow they 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 want to be on the right side of customers i'm glad right okay. But it, like i said
2: it also, i think it also gets back to what the engineers yeah. must have known is like man this sucks like <laughs> oh. <laughs> we we were all talking about it right like you right. were saying we we're all like dropping our cords <laughs> they
0: shatter. we'd have to go get a replacement that's a pain in the butt yeah and you know we noticed on our test cars they weren't as bad and and um and doug said that
1: doug's like hey we did a lot of testing at tesla we really wanted to make sure it worked. Right. Mm. Okay. Right. Okay. Right, right. Right. So, so let's let's go there because we did not We your your guy gave us a thirty minute warning about twenty minutes ago, uh, ten minutes ago. Um, let's talk about software. Let's talk about what Doug does and yep. another guy you just hired, Peter. Uh, Peter. Mm-hmm. Yes, Peter Stern. So, let's and let's let's go there because we're going to talk, talk with Doug tomorrow. Um, Peter Stern is now president of a new part of the company called Ford Integrated Services and this guy also was another apple hire he was yeah. vice president of services apple tv I- yep. apple news apple books apple Arcade, yeah. apple one he did all apple, that. apple, 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 <laughs> apple, <laughs> apple. everything uh, before that uh, time Warner uh, it's all about subscriptions it's all about software as a service for the for the consumer do I, do I have that correct that's it okay
0: and also the you know kind of internally the the P&L the profit and loss to run the software
1: as a business okay how, what on earth are you going to give the customer that's going to A, blow their socks off, and B, get them over the over what I perceive as is, is the next challenge, right? If you think people are, have a problem with adopting electric vehicles, now get them yeah, to pay gotta for pay stuff. I got to pay for my seat heaters in, in the car yes, that I bought? Yes, pay for stuff in the car that they already have or wait, 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 wait. That's Why are you
2: shaking your head? head? Why are you shaking that your head? Is, that is another company. No, in that I know. So, <laughs> we, we would never. From Bavaria. We yes, are not, yes, yeah, yeah. not
0: going to charge... We're not gonna charge people for something that they shouldn't be charged for. But, let uh, may for no, let a let second. Let them continue, let them continue. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So, uh, so, look, um, I think the only rights that we have to charge for software is software that is created using the data off the car. Now, seat heater is data off the car, but it's not, it's not something that people expect to pay a subscription for. Right. It's not logical. That is a very 1.0 thinking from a car company. Right. Um, we would never do that. So we see, like when the iPhone came out, you had email and music. Those are the first big shippable software to your phone for not using it as a phone. You right. could do email, you could do like a Blackberry, you could do, you could do music. Yep. We pretty much figured out in the auto industry after stumbling around the dark what the first software ships are that are totally natural, but it's only the first inning. There's a whole other eight innings to come, and that is safety and security, camera data for insurance, using your Bronco as a game camera, uh, warning you if there's an animal coming at night, uh, another security link in your house, um, all sorts of safety and security. Another one, okay, the next one is productivity. So we do, we do telematics for driver training, uh, fuel card fraud. A lot of our pro customers give their electricians or plumbers fuel cards. We can now check the GPS of where the fuel car use, where the vehicle is, and where they use the card to see if they're not using it for their personal life. Mm. Uh, we can sell fuel-level data to the hertz. So, because it's one of the biggest expenses because people lie about their fuel level.
1: Sure, sure, um, sure.
0: There is, uh, so productivity software. Okay. Uh, the, the ultimate on that one is predictive failure components. So, very soon we can use AI. We, can, we know now that we can run a wiper motor. And I could tell you from the resistance inside the motor whether the wipers are, um, are gone. And um, so re- being really smart about the data off the car, we can do predictive failure before the component fails, especially a digital product like an EV. And that is so valuable for our pro customers and will be valuable retail customers. And the last, is, the last one is semi-autonomy. And it'll start with hands-off. And we, our ODD, our operating domain that we want to really own is high-speed, no car in front of you. So that's you know hands-off at 70 miles an hour. A lot of companies can do low-speed traffic. You, know, you see that from Mercedes and NVIDIA and a lot of people. We don't think that's a hard problem. We don't think that's actually very interesting. We think the big unlock is gonna be eyes off the road, high speed. Yeah. Um, and we're starting with hands-off with Blue Cruise. And um, so those are the three areas. Now, when you take your hands off that Blue Cruise from Mojave to LA, should I charge that as a subscription or should I charge it as a usage? I kind of think it's cooler if we charge when you use it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a, you know, I talked to a lot of people, Kat and John Deere about this because they've had automated tractors for a long time and they've gone from a subscription model to usage. Peter Stern grew up in that world. Like he knows everything about how to go to market. What's a gateway subscription? If you're going to go to a subscription, should all the services be non Connected so that everyone in the house can use it or should they be all the same car companies don't know how to go to market with software You need people who are from the apples of the world who sell services even physical services tied to software If we have prognostics in the vehicle for our commercial customers, we have to fulfill it when you say yes I'd like to repair the vehicle We have to have someone come out and repair the vehicle, probably remotely. That's a physical service that goes with the software. So we need someone who knows how to go to market with those and make the right decisions. Software subscription, maybe. Um, Also, what gets commoditized? You know, you may find that hands-free 70 miles an hour in three years is commoditized. Right. Hmm. Right. Costs nothing. Right. Right. Like seat heaters. Right. So. You know, you have to have someone who makes that judgment. So Doug creates the platform, the embedded electrical architecture, all the sensors, you know, to ship software to the car and all the data coming off the car to generate it the right way to be useful. And Peter is the one who asks the software engineers to build software like predictive failure components. And then he's the one who goes to market with that and we will create. We have 550,000 subscribers today for Ford software. Five hundred, almost a half a million. For pro, yeah, eighty percent of pro. Okay, but Blue Cruise is growing like gangbusters. The average Blue Cruise customer right now is paying us eighty dollars a month.
1: Okay, well, for what? I, and what are they getting for For that? Blue Cruise? Just okay, just hands free. Hands free. Because you what? cannot
0: imagine how interesting that is for customers.
2: I, I didn't. I, I was with another OEM, and they were they were doing some marketing stuff, and they they said, "Here's eight things you can subscribe to." Oh, okay. And the reaction in the room was like, "We're gonna kill you!" Like, yeah. like, like all, it was all American. And they, I and think they, we
0: have enough subscriptions.
2: That well, was part of it, but it was just it was just. The, but it's like a, it, the idea that like you know we're Americans, we've owned cars for so long. It's my oh. car. I name my car all this, you know. And they were you know they were they were a Korean company, and they said you know in Korea people subscribe to all this stuff, and they don't care. They love it, you know, and it, so. Do you think it's a cultural thing with Americans?
0: No, because we're into it now. Okay. It could have been. um, Okay. But we're past the poetry of the whole thing. We're into the practicality. And I think what we found with Pro is that there's zero hesitation. In fact, I would say the brand differentiation for us on Pro is becoming more software than hardware. The Transit versus the Sprinter, they're much more addicted to the software. So if we have better telematics than Geotab, they're going to go buy our car um and the monetization of that it's interesting what we're learning on pro is that the monetization of software is actually after sales because they're loyal to you uh for service right so Hmm. actually we make 40 percent margin on parts so it's a great business (laughs) so you you can't think of like this future second inning or first inning on software is going to be it's going to be monetized on software we may give software away To make money on after sales, only ten percent of our pro customers do service with our dealers. Oh, really? Yeah, because they're not—you know—they don't think of us that way. But if we're predicting failure of all the components in their truck, it's probably going to be higher than ten percent. Right. 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 right, So, so
1: this, so far, this is great. This this is exactly what I was wondering in terms of how are you going to, how are you going to deploy Peter? How are you going to use software to, to bring in new customers? I feel like you just talked to the small business owner, the guy who owns yes. a fleet, and you talked to the guy who's driving the transit or the yep. Ford Pro Lightning, but sell it, sell it to the consumer. Okay. What I got what, that. What, what I got that. What is the, the feature it. that you're gonna that's gonna blow their socks off? First of all, you have to
0: be on the outer edge of partial autonomy operating domain. That means that. If you're among the first in the com- first of the companies to offer eyes off the road at 70 miles an hour, and for a commute between, you know, Palmdale and and Los Angeles, you can save 45 minutes and do other stuff. Right. People will pay a lot. All I know is when I turned in my Prius at at Toyota, that H V sticker was worth five grand. <laughs> so people are going to pay a lot of money to save time. Right. right. Now, but. Start. You first start on a sunny day, and then maybe you do off ramp, on ramp, and then maybe you do. Maybe you have a sense. You know, lighter starts. We figure out how to do lighter and rain, light rain. You got to be on the outer edge because that is going to commoditize. If you're the fourth person to do it, you may not. You may only get half the pricing power. So the thing is, you got to be at the. You got to be at the forefront. We don't believe like Tesla that the coolest problem to solve is urban. You know, uh, hands off, eyes off. Right. We think the coolest. Highway. We think the coolest thing is highway, high speed highway, right. and the gateway of that is hands free. So the first thing we're learning is there's a lot of pri- pricing power for ADAS, especially hands free, and it's kind of like the steering wheel heater. I don't know about you guys, but when I first put the steering wheel heater on a Saab or whenever it was, I was like oh yes this is amazing yes i thought it was just heating the steering wheel i feel warm my whole body it's the same thing when you take your your hands off the wheel and you start driving it is your whole pressure everything but, you're on the i5 it's
2: fantastic but why i don't want to pay for it monthly i'm buying a car that's what i'm saying so usage. maybe usage maybe usage maybe you buy it when you just use it it's three dollars from here and to, we you know. for example uh, I know, but I'm, what I'm saying, I understand that. What I'm saying is I, that would still annoy me. I just like I'm, I'm paying you eighty thousand dollars for my no, nice whatever. Okay. Why isn't it
0: included? We can do that too. We can bundle it, and that's certainly what the car companies have always done. Right. But I think the better model is we pay for the hardware. You don't pay for it, but then you use the service. But then I own something I can't use.
2: I don't know. I did. I have. I no, struggle with that. Yes, I, 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 yeah, I, I
0: agree. But but the the responsibility for us is to make it more useful. We started with blue cruise, now we do the lane change on blue cruise. Mm-hmm. We noticed from the data that the most common place that people disconnect with blue cruise is when they hit the turn stop. Hundred percent. Yeah. And now 100%. in four months, we OTA'd turn signal lane change with blue cruise. And it works great. Better mm-hmm. than a human uh, lane change I would argue so we have to keep making it better for you to go yeah I want to want to use that again or I want to use it uh,
2: I, 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 I totally understand your point but maybe for saying, you yeah.
0: bundling makes more sense yeah, okay. maybe for someone else they, they, their lifetime their lifestyle changes and suddenly they're using the car more on the highway I'll give you another example yeah. uh, in productivity uh, because i actually never met a commercial vehicle that didn't turn into a great retail vehicle oh yeah Vans, trucks, they all are great retail vehicles. Same thing on software. So, this, one of the things we're doing better than Geotab on productivity software is that we're gonna limit the speed of the vehicle this quarter, we're shipping that now. And we're also shipping access. That means that on the weekend, if you have a company, Super Duty, we can make sure you can't drive it on the weekend. It's a personal vehicle. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And that could be controversial. But fleet owners really like it. (laughs) Of course they do. Yeah. Sure.
1: So, but for a retail customer, is this like a parent lockout? Yeah. Yeah. You could do that. I have
0: have a 15-year-old driving. And, uh, you know, what if she took the car?
2: Right. At least I want to know. about it. Well, those are some of my best times in high school. Yeah, I, I don't want to ruin it for you guys, but but us too. But. Right. Jim right. Farley, joy, yeah. joy killer. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right. Big bro. Oh,
2: oh, no, I get it. Oh, that's cool. We
1: gotta. I'm gonna play some lightning right here because we it's, okay. it's
0: first inning, right? We don't know what's gonna happen. No, no. I get.
1: I, and again, I understand
2: subscriptions are coming. Just, just but we're not gonna people.
0: do. We're not gonna do seat heaters. Right. Okay. That's, okay. Uh, no brand. We're not gonna charge for content. I think it's ridiculous. We lost that battle 20 years ago inside the car. Nobody, nobody Why wants would we ever charge content. Yeah, to yeah. do, to like get in the middle of your, you know, your motor trend prescription? Right, 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 right. Okay.
1: So I love that, by the way, because I was going to ask you about this inning um, metaphor. Mm-hmm. I listened to your, your podcast. Okay. I listened to the one where you talked about it with Dax, about just yes. using this, this metaphor of we're in a baseball game here. It, just generally, though, because I want to get to some of the EVs, the struggles that I think the industry's had. Are you, how's the baseball game going? Like, did, did, like, if we are in the second inning, like, is, has it gone the way you think? Like, no. you know, you, I know no. you, cut, you cut some of the production um, or the, the, the forecasting. But, yeah, you know, we, Johnny and I particularly hear it a lot. We're on social, social media a lot. And the, the, um, the argument is, why do you guys keep promoting EVs? I hate EVs. And it's like, you know, we don't. Merchant doesn't make the vehicles. We are reviewing yeah. them. The manufacturers have seen that everything you just said.
2: But also, there are some EVs we actually really like, let's yeah, yeah, be yeah. clear. Yeah. you yes, know, Then the bad true.
1: ones we really hate, just like <laughs> gasoline cars. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah. exactly. So is, it, is this going the way you think? And are there any things that you <laughs> wish you had done differently? I think or?
0: generally it's going the way we think, but there have been a, a few very significant surprises. But generally, it's going, uh, I think, according to plan in the sense that customers are smart. And if they have a duty cycle where an EV kind of fits, they tend to look at it, and the ones who buy tend to be really happy. Yeah. Um, but as we go into the mainstream, there's, there's a couple surprises. First, the traditional OEMs have struggled much more than I think the industry thought they would. Number two, the pricing power of an EV is not nearly as high as the cost of the components. Um, And that puts tremendous pressure on the transition. Number three, the second order social problems of processing of raw materials, mining, all the rare earth materials we're going to need, is proving to be a a very difficult problem because of the geopolitics of our world. And the last one is, um, at least in the U.S., it's more than the U.S., but especially in the U.S., uh, electric cars are becoming a p- politicized. Right. Yeah, and our industry yeah, has yeah, not yeah. been politicized. Our products haven't been politicized in a long time. We're at Ford, we're a little bit lucky because the segments we're picking to electrify, like pickup trucks are kind of a bring everyone together, the <laughs> segments. But uh, for a lot of OEMs, I think they're going to wind up getting caught in a lot of politics. Well,
1: let me, let me well, challenge that yeah, a we'll little bit. Yeah, let's say the last be, one, yeah. Uh, because especially with the pickup truck market, right? So... F-150 Lightning, 2023 Motor Trend Truck of the Year, Yep, we love it, we've we've, we've, we've done a lot one. with it, we bought one, you know that, <laughs> you know that. We, we bought one and we have cool. one that you guys are, are loaning us, we can do testing in both um, our Detroit office and in Los Angeles, but isn't, did you not, did you, I mean, so you're telling me you guys knew that you'd get a, a black eye on towing or like cold weather performance, because we hear about it all the time. About
0: yeah, I mean, that's kind of math, right? I mean... Look, the, the Lightning program was a challenger program. So it was not super popular inside the company, uh, uh, except for a few really talented people. And uh, we engineered a great vehicle. Um, it's a first, you know, inning product in the best sense. You know, you can't find an EV with that kind of interior room. If you have like three kids seats it's like pretty unusual
1: you know it can do a lot of
0: cool things from the front to powering your house beyond just the the acceleration is pretty remarkable uh, for a vehicle Um, but you know there's it's math right any any electric vehicle you start towing with is really challenged because you're towing around the batteries and everything is super heavy so our philosophy in the second inning is actually really different is to go to very very as small battery as possible with fast charge for competitive range we don't believe in building a pickup truck with 500 mile range we'd rather have 300 mile range and five minute fast charge for another 150 miles Right. right um because you are carting around 200 miles worth of batteries and you have to pay 20 grand for them, and it's really expensive, and it's yeah. not great for the planet, and it's wasteful. Um, and oh, by the way, if you're really gonna do heavy-duty towing, maybe a you hybrid, there's a lot of other, I, I think the, the, the other one I mentioned, I should have mentioned, is that we always thought about the EV transition like from HEV to full electric. What I'm finding now around the globe, more I study China, the more it's true, actually, is there's an infinite number of partial electrified solutions right. that the OEMs are all experimenting with now that will fit a number of duty cycles that don't fit a pure EV, and actually uh, a partial EV is better than a hybrid. Right. Um, and you'll start with E-Revs in China are a good example, what Li-, Li Auto's come out with. They're actually a very profitable company, by the way, because the batteries are smaller. Um, but you go 200 mile, 200 kilometers on the battery, and then you have a combustion engine for that one trip, and it runs the batteries. Um, th- there's a lot of partial electrified solutions that I think we're going to find work. Look at uh, – I learned a lot today at the show at the quail. You know, I went to Koenigsegg and Pagani and you know Hennessy, and then I went over to Rimac. Rimac is pronounced, but yeah, Rimac in America, and it was like. Yeah. Yeah. And now, maybe it's just me, but there's like no one there. And I, I've, I've seen all the numbers on the car. It's the most amazing car technically. And I know that the the leaders of that company are really talented. But when I talked to Christian at Konezeg, he was like, I was like, am I getting this wrong? Don't you think partial electrification is the right solution for high performance? He's like, totally.
2: Totally. Yeah, the only thing I counter with is I drove the... Recently, the Pininfarina Batista, which mm-hmm. is the Rimat's, but with beautiful. a really gorgeous yep, body, beautiful. And like, I mean, dude, it's so good. Like, it's just at 1,900 horsepower, and within three turns, I'm just flying. Handles great, brakes are great, and if you put it in front wheel drive mode, it's still 670 horsepower and goes 300 miles. So, like, I, I and I get it. There's, there's totally space for still to have V12s and 16 cylinder things. Um, but like you know, I, I think part of the problem with the Rimac Navarra is that like the, the design isn't so hot. I think a hypercar has to also like. Look. But there's
0: there's a like, lot of there's a lot of motion beyond design. It's like right. the whole way the car makes you feel. Beyond uh, just the numbers, I'm, I'm not. arguing. Me, you you know, know what I mean? Look,
2: but I'll say just to design real quick. Like, yep. The the, the, the Batista and, and the Navarre are the same car, and they've sold yeah. double the amount of Batistas. But guess what? One looks
1: Come good. Come on, one. Let's, let, let's get off the yeah. ultra hyper yeah. car <laughs> that, that four <laughs> never, people are going to buy. Never. Because um, we this, this is probably the last question that, okay. that we're going to have, have. But you because you keep mentioning China. Okay, mm-hmm. you it just la- and you you told I study me study China you, really carefully, and you told me to Ed go get and I, and I mm-hmm. have I've been getting after it. Um. First of all, you're still bullish despite all the price wars and the, yeah. the, the, the market. Okay, so that's a positive.
0: I, I think I'm bullish because this has always been a fact of life in our business. Whether it was the Model T or the Tesla Model Y or, you know, I don't know, the BYD Corolla equivalent in China. A truism in our industry is that when new tech comes, it's maybe not gr- perfect at first, but people really like it then everyone figures out oh my god we better do that and then and then there's too much capacity and then there's a price war and then we figure it out together and some and then there's new winners and losers
1: let me let me ask you the existential follow-up to that because this is something that i heard people don't realize that ford almost went bankrupt because of the model t we were literally six months away from bankruptcy Right. Well, in, the in a, in a sim- Some, yeah,
0: Model a <laughs> saved our company. Right, 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 right. In a,
1: in a similar vein, and this is an I can't take credit for this, but I read an I can't remember the article I read, but what if China doesn't need American mass market automotive brands? What if they actually say, you know what? We don't need Ford. They don't, don't need we, it. They don't need us. You already know you already accepted Yes. That? Wow.
0: I would say that's already true. We already know that. I if you look at VW, the largest Western brand in China, the VW group's ICE shares twenty two percent, I think, something time. And I think their E V share is like two percent, three percent. And they invested in ID 3, three, four, five, six, whatever. Yeah, yeah. They already and, and all the all the Audis and everything. That's why they're doing this deal with uh with with S A I C uh and X Pound. Huh, I'm okay. sure they have to. No, what I'm saying is that while we're all in covid it turns out that what the oems are now going in the second inning to compete against tesla all happened in china yeah for the local brands Geely, great wall uh saic Chang'an, um you know Xpeng, a- 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 Li auto right. they all figured it out it was a bit invisible to us we couldn't travel there and they started to figure out an industry now they're in the biggest price war globally of any ev Industry, I mean, it is awful. I think there's maybe one or two companies out of 200 that are making money over there yeah. Tesla and maybe Lee Auto. That's it. And maybe BYD if you include your plugins um, But what, what we're seeing is a very predictable Cycle and technology change, you know in 1905 a third of the global industry was steam a third was electric right, right. and a third was internal combustion Model T comes along democratizes the price But we almost go bankrupt doing it. Then the Model A comes along, variety, V8, different colors. You know, the industry then figured out pricing power because of variety. We probably took it too far with variety now, but it's a truism. And uh, yes, we are bullish. We think that we can conquest a lot of customers. And we're going to do GTDs, and we're going to do Bronco Raptors, and we're going to do Transits and Super Duties for our Pro customers. Ford has got a growth plan in three separate businesses. They rely on each other actually from the industrial system, the plants and the supply chain and the engineering. But as far as the business, outward business is concerned, they're very different customers. Um, And so I believe that we'll get through this. The cool thing about Ford is, our pro business is so profitable, it's more than offset the pricing war on our EV side okay let me let me ask you this um thank god know, we have our internal combustion and bro business right now
2: right, right. well i was gonna say but so so today's 2023 2035 is coming mm-hmm. yep quicker than we all like uh california new york which you know it's a lot of people there are you know you're not gonna be able to sell internal combustion new vehicles do you think that's true and what do you think we predict? Predict if you go 12 years in the future, what
0: are we looking at? I think we're just getting in the second inning, and for us to sit here talking about the eighth inning is just totally impractical. Now, people have to do lawmaking about the eighth inning, but we always tell everyone the same thing after 120 years. For goodness sake, don't give us a patchwork of uh, where we make logistics a nightmare for customers so you can drive to Nevada to get a car that's different yeah, than right, California. Right, right. So don't do a patchwork of, and most of all, write in flexibility because we've already had five surprises in the last six months by 2035 how many surprises we're going to have and so from my standpoint yeah i mean the general trend is kind of going in a certain direction right and you can't ignore that and don't get confused with all the noise in the middle because the general trend is kind of going in a certain direction where evs are pretty attractive for a lot of people um on the other hand you know, we don't really know what's going to happen, you know, in the eighth inning. So, let's just be flexible. All let's right. do the right thing, but let's be flexible about this transition. Are we really going to outlaw super duties in California, the biggest ag state in the country? Right. Right.
2: right. Uh, right, right. But, but what, if there's a, what if there's a battery breakthrough where it's, you know, it's like... Could be. Maybe hydrogen. I well, don't
0: yeah. know. Yeah?
2: For, for, for super duties?
0: In 10 years battery electric super duties
2: i don't see it
1: okay all right
2: okay well i can i can, I can feel the, the the handlers moving in <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, yeah listen yeah. this is yeah, yeah. um this was this was awesome uh, my last question is when can we have you on again Yeah. Sure. A, a a lot? Too short. i know we so only got, got probably
0: 10 percent of what you guys want to talk about no. look i just want to say um i love motor trend i love going oh, to thanks. your garage and seeing all the cool projects What I love what I respect about your company and actually you as professionals is that you were the first really serious car folks to make the digital transition. You are actually did in the media world what we are going through now in the second inning. And you're in like the third or fourth inning where you've kind of figured out your business model. We're kind of getting there. You know, you'll probably never feel like you figured it out totally, (laughs) but you're closer to it than a (laughs) lot of. And I think, you know, I hope you guys give yourself credit for that because I've watched you adapt and change to a digital media environment a lot better than most. And, you know, in the end of the day, this is all about the cars and the people, right? that's that's what this is all about that's
1: that's very flattering I, yeah. wish, I, could, I wish I could believe you because holy moly it's a struggle <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, I know how but, that goes but, 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 right, but, but, but about the, the, the would the, you rather the, be in anywhere else that's true no,
2: no. Yeah. no, um, no thank that. God we true. don't
0: make shampoo that's, that's right, right. right? <laughs> <laughs> on that note, <laughs> on that note yeah. <laughs> thank you <laughs> thank, thank you Jim, Jim Farley CEO of
1: Ford for coming on The Inevitable we only said it once so you only get the bell ring once and I said it and yeah love to have you on again
0: yeah I'd love to and I love what you guys do and um I I can't wait to get to Le Mans with a Mustang.
1: Alright, let's do it.